Hi everybody, you sexy bastards. How are you? Welcome back to the premium content that is being delivered by your host, James Dean Littlejohn, on ADHD and my battles, the journey, the challenges, the ups, the downs, the real kick in the dick that this mental health condition can offer us. Um, there is some positives, obviously, obviously, um, but there is some negatives. Christ alive, there is some negatives. Um, and here I am. This is what this premium content's about. This is about me. Um, I've explained this. I do uh, I do the gentleman's talk as well, which is a, an absolute passion of mine. Um, I've been doing it for 15 months, and it's where I, I, I talk exclusively to um, good people, good people about mental health and depression and all these other things that I've been fucking battling and, and putting labels on and, and all the jazz that goes with it. And it's nice to finally go down a route where I'm being diagnosed for something. Um, but not just, like I said to you in the last podcast, not because I want to be ignored, I want to fucking put a label on it, because there is no relevance to the label. It's just to get the support and also to recognise, and this is the really important bit, by putting a label on it, and this, in, and, and I know that we go through this real challenge at the moment in, in, in the whole of the world where everything has to be identified, everything has to be labelled, you know, those sort of things, it's kind of, it's a bit relentless, isn't it? And for me, it's not about the label, I don't think that it's worth labelling things um, for, for for that aspect if you like to to add a label to it it's not a, it's not a case of i it's more about identifying and that's the key part here is it's more about the identification that there is something that is different to everyone else we're all different and all unique absolutely amazing that we are we are all fingerprints um of life and that's that's how i look at everything i don't know why i just we're all unique i i know that the we all hold our own unique fingerprint and I think that we, I just look at everybody as a fingerprint. It's just that's what you are. You're, you're, you're unique. You're special. Whatever you have to offer, um, it, it, there'll be something in some form that you can offer people. Um, so you, sh you you're deserved to be here. You, so I think it's really special to oh, just uh, identify. I was just trying to turn my music down and I smashed my hand clean off the side of the table. Um, one of those uh, stand on Lego moments. But yeah, so it, and it's not about the labeling of it. And, and this is the thing I said to you, you know, I'm 41, almost 42. Is there relevance to me having a label on it? No, not really. But there is there is far more positives than there is negatives by adding the label to it. And what I mean by that is, number one, by identifying that I have a, a condition, uh, a mental health illness that's with me for life, by recognising that and diving, you know, further past the, the, the PTSD... What, what that does is it, it allows me to understand more about myself and also make informed decisions. Whereas before I was going through life thinking that everything that I was doing was acceptable and it's the norm and I'm just me and, and everyone says to me, yeah, you're just a bit different, James, um, you know, but you're fun, you're, you know, you're friendly and all this jazz. And I go, yeah, that's fine. But there's, there's, there's obviously that there's huge negatives that I'm now discovering to ADHD that I need to take accountability for. These are what I need to do and I need to manage these. So by, by, by putting that little label on, what I'm able to do is get the support I need, get the support that I deserve. So that and if, even if that's just a case of, and this is what this journey is about, the reason I've made this premium content is because 
I'm learning. I'm adapting. I'm evolving. There's the more research I do, the the more information that I can take on board, the more that I can put it to things and scenarios and synopsis and whatever you want to jazz, you want to jazz it up with. I can put it into those relatable things in my life and I can say, well, actually, yeah, this is what I've experienced. This is how I've done it. The reason that's premium, because it's going to be personal um, and it's going to be knowledgeable. I'm going to invest some time into it and I think it's worth it. And I think the listen's worth it by proving the fact that my gentleman's talk has had 3,000 downloads that's small fry but you know in in terms of for me i'm not based on statistics so to speak but it's nice to see that happening um and it's it's rewarding and and for me that's given me enough to go okay i want to carry on doing that because i love giving back to people but at the same time i want to invest in myself like i said in my last podcast you know it's the investment process that takes that time and this is where the premium content comes in this allows me to uh, in reinvest in myself um so yeah but by by putting a label on it as such it's not um it's not to say look at me oh, i've got adhd and you know, i'm not interested in that because if anything most of the time if in fact not all of the time if you have a mental health condition you don't tend to shout about it um, I do tend to not shout about it because I don't say about but what I do I do let people know about my PTSD and I do let people know about my ADHD why because I think it's really important to understand that there is going to be some negative side effects there is going to be some things that I'm going to do that you're going to think are a bit outrageous such as you may be talking and I may fucking talk over you um, there may be people in the room that are talking and I want to say my point um so I don't forget about it. I may then, I may go off on a fucking tangent or, or, you know, the worst case scenario is, and this is what normally happens, is when I get bored or disengaged, I don't hide it. I literally just, I, you can fucking full on tell. And I told one of my colleagues, I said, oh yeah, normally you'll fucking see me. If I get fucking chinned off or I've had enough and I lose interest, I tend to then start looking at my laptop. And so it's really bad. And by saying that out loud, um, you're almost saying like, you know, I'm I'm Superman and, uh, you know, that's my kryptonite. Um, not saying I'm Superman, but what I'm saying is like you've instantly showed your hand to somebody. So now my colleague, when, when she sat there and she was doing a presentation and I was sat there and I was looking at my emails, she stopped and she went, James, um, are you bored, are you? And I, she's, it was pure banter. Um, and it was, like, so it was all friends in the room. And I went, no she went well, you're on your laptop james and she knew exactly what i was doing and i was like well yeah i've got no interest in this i'm sorry and um you know so it's there, there is negatives there is negative things with this with adhd and it allows but it, what it does is what it really does is it allows me to really sort of like support myself hold accountability for myself and it, it, it affords me the ability to recognize in certain situations when i'm going to do that thing these things and rightly so we've made a joke about it because i think that's the way i can't change what i do that's what my mind does uh, unless you draw me back into the room which is what she did then i'm a bit more subconscious about it so i try to control it that's what comes with maturity um because i wouldn't have done that as a child i, I would have fucking carried on doing what the fuck i was doing um so yeah it's 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 a difficult one it's a difficult one um i know people do, you know i've had it from my even my parents and this was only a few weeks ago um you know my mom's like, oh we we put fucking labels on everything nowadays and i'm like yeah but you need the label to get the support 
And it's not just about the support. It's about the label it helps me to identify what's going on in my mind. It helps me to understand why I isolate. It helps me to understand why my honesty is so brutal. And it all these sort of things. And why do I go off on a tangent? And, and it also allows me to understand how my ADHD feeds my PTSD and how my PTSD feeds my ADHD. So there's certain situations that I'll put myself in that I'll completely and utterly ignore. And then there's other situations where I'll be like, oh, okay, well, normally I would ignore this because this seems like quite a stressful situation. That's normally when the PTSD would flare up. Oh, no, but ADHD fucking mate wants to go and do that stupid thing. So I'm constantly in battle. And that's the problem. It's when your mind is constantly in battle. And one of the things I massively talk about in my, uh, in my Gentleman's Talk podcast is about depression and the the depths that you can go into and and I I ultimately say that the the PTSD and the ADHD now that I know about it has absolutely fed me is absolutely fed me to the lions because it that's what's ruined me that's what's basically I because I haven't understood and I understand possibly I look at the context that maybe my my mum doesn't want to put a label on it because you know maybe she thinks she's failed by not understanding and identifying it from a younger age so it gave me a better chance in life because to say I've had a rough a rough life would be a bit of an overstatement you know I think I don't think I've had a rough life however I've made some really really stupid fucking decisions through life and I've made some uh, irrational decisions and I've chucked friendships and and I've chucked relationships away um, I've done all, a lot of negative things through my life that wouldn't have potentially happened if I'd have understood what was going on in my mind what was going on with my brain and maybe that would have given me a fighting chance into adulthood I don't know maybe it would have offered me some more mental health resilience there is a lot of uh, invariables there there's a lot of variables though I don't blame anybody because, again, I said to you in my last podcast, you know, um, you know we, we, we're trying to understand these things. We're trying to um, develop ourselves. And it's so easy to turn around and say, well, you know, wh why you put a label on it? Well, because I just want to know what's going on in my head because attached to that label, unfortunately for you, is, you know, you just looking at it from a naive perspective well, he wants to put a label on it. Oh, fucking hell. Are you sure he's not saying everyone's fucking got it nowadays? Oh, we've all got it. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, maybe that's what your opinion is. But from a non-selfish opinion and from a, a mental health perspective, does it physically affect you by me identifying that I have ADHD? Does it affect you? No. What it does do is it allows me to understand my mental health. It allows me to understand why I make the decisions I make. And it allows me to go out and seek advice, knowledge and experience to be a better friend, a better lover, better partner, better son, better brother. Whatever it may be, it allows me to be a better version of that. Because at the moment when I isolate myself, and one of the absolute problems with ADHD is my brutal honesty and now I've always been quite an honest person and a lot of people say to me you know that's just oh it's just James he says it as it is and that's because you don't take any bullshit and you don't look at the emotional value of things but I also understand that if I'd have if I'd have thought about knowing or known I'd had ADHD in any way shape or form or any context would I have tackled life slightly differently I think I would have done because 
I'm a lot more honest. I use it to my advantage now. So what I tend to do with my ADHD now is I tend to use the honesty aspect as a positive. That if I if I mature, which I've been doing, trying to do anyway, if I mature and I articulate my honesty in the right way, I can actually use it as a positive. That people know that I'm not going to fucking lie to you. I'm not going to. I'm just going to say it as it is. And I think that that to me is something that I've absolutely grown to to take advantage of and i'm using it to this to its advantage in the sense that this is who i am this is what i believe this is what i understand if you want to you know if the, if you don't believe in that it's fine you, you're entitled to your own opinion but i will be honest about situation and what i do is i'm utilizing that in my relationships or friendships is the fact that if i come in and say to them yeah, do you know what? I'm not feeling very fucking great today because of this, this, this and this. Or um, a prime example, actually, um, which is probably, I think, more down to my ADHD brain, um, which is something that happened, a scenario that happened um, with me and my, my wife the other day. And um, we were just chatting away and um, I, I hadn't been out for a long time. Um, again, <clears throat> a, a lack of sociability. Um, I think coupled with the pandemic, possibly, maybe, I don't know, coupled with my new job where I work from home um, and, and the anxiety that I get now when I go out, I haven't been out a lot. And then what I did was I went, I was going out with my friend. We were going to go and get our membership at the clubs, uh, at this club so we can socialize a bit more, try and break these fucking barriers down a little bit more. And I was actively going to, um, you know, uh, go to the club. So I, I booked the car. And what I say by booked the car is I made an impulsive decision. I sold my car, uh, impromptu fucking decision. So I put it on um, Auto Trader on the Friday. It was collected on the fucking Sunday. Cash, no job. No, it was, it was that quick. Everyone said to me, have you sold your car yet? I was like, yeah, fucking like within two days. Now, that's, uh, that's a negative because I loved that fucking car, but I made an impulsive decision at the time whatever i live and learn by it but now i'm sharing my wife's car anyway i booked the car for that evening now i knew i was going to have to be there at seven o'clock to meet my friend and um and have a good night and have a relaxing night no no sort of stresses or strains on it uh, anyway my wife went to pick up one of our daughters came back and and you'll take whatever you want from this context of the story but this is how my brain thinks and you probably i know i'm irrational uh, and i know that i don't i'm i can be quite selfish and again this is just underpinning um the mindset of someone with adhd is quite fucking brutal so um <clears throat> my wife came back anyway she said i'm going to drop my daughter or friend off i said okay no worries drop my drop her friend off so when you're coming back sure i'll be 15 minutes so i was okay well you're cutting it fine i've got your tea ready everything else but i need to leave at 20 to 7 so i've got 15 minutes to get to um to get to amesbury park up walk around the corner and meet my friend for seven o'clock that's what i do um no no worries no worries so i rung her at quarter to seven because she hadn't been there she was you know at the harvester or wherever it was down the road and i said to her okay well you're fucking late that's what i said you're fucking late and i and i hung up pitched along came up and I didn't say a word because I knew I was really fucking angry that we were eating into my time and I didn't really think about the fact that it was her car and I was borrowing and I'd sold my car so I didn't all of that all of that rational thought was gone it was out the fucking window you didn't see that so for me that was kind of like it's all a rational thought now and this is where my mind goes this is the problem with ADHD relevant who you are um so I, I said to her you fucking late she got out of the car she went yeah I said are you eating into my fucking time now and then she turned around to me and said, oh, what time are you back? And I said, don't you ever fucking ask me what time I'm back again. I'm a grown adult. I'll be back when I'm back. 
And that's how I left the conversation. And I got in the car and then I got around the corner. I parked up quickly. I texted her saying, don't ever ask me to uh, what time I'm back and don't ever put a timeline on when I'm out. That's, that's, this is my life. And, and I, that's how selfish I got. That's how fucked off I was. That's where I got. I went from zero to a fucking hero. I was complete and utter obnoxious prick that was irrelevant. I was like, nah, that's fucking it. Because I, I was, I was hyper-focused on, I was needing to be there at 7 o'clock. So I, I went across and, and got there. And then that, that drove the evening, kind of ruined the evening a little bit, to be fair, um, with my friend, because I was a bit subdued. I didn't really think he was going to want to stay much. We, we had a quick game and a pint, but it was, it was all fairly rushed. Um, but anyway, it, that led into that. So I, I got home. And there's, so that's the huge, huge, the huge, the huge negative. That's a huge negative there. And um, it didn't really cause an argument. And so, and fortunately, my wife didn't read the text message because she said, I knew if you text me in that instance, you would have said something probably nasty. I was like, okay, sorry. And that um, came to the next day. And um, I turned around and said, we need to fucking talk because this has been playing on my mind now. This was where I was like, I need to deal with this conversation because it's going to fucking affect me massively and it's going to affect the whole atmosphere and, and everything else. And this is, I'm going to give you a little insight then into my brain. This is what my brain did. My fucking brain took it this way. So I said to her, I said, um, we need to fucking talk. Okay. So we sat down, we spoke. And uh, I said, right. I said, um, you need to stop fucking not prioritizing me at the moment. You need to stop doing what you're doing. At the moment, I feel like I'm second fiddle. Don't ever fucking ask me what time I'm coming home. Don't fucking don't ask me to borrow the car it should be a shared commodity now i went full arsehole mode i said you by you prioritizing the girls over me makes me think that we haven't got a future together because you clearly don't want to prioritize me so i'm not going to feel that love in the future years i said so i don't want that insecurity so if you say now fucking let's let's lay it on the line because i'm 41 i'm too long in the fucking tooth to be hunting around so i just go off and if i'm going to be on my own i'll be on my own this is where my conversation went by the way she, she was sat there and she literally was like, um, fucking hell. And she burst into tears. And I was like, wow. She was like, she said, well, where's this come from? I was like, well, that's how I feel. <laughs> this, and she was like, yeah, but your brain's not normal, mate. None, none of this is real. Let me put this into context for you. I, I, I appreciate that I was late, but I forgot that you were going over there. You should have had the flexibility, which is, yeah, I was a bit irrational there. I get that. And then she turned around and she said, um, <clears throat> and then I asked you what time you were going to be back. I didn't want to know what time you were back because I was bothered. If you'd have said to me you were back at midnight, it wouldn't have bothered me. It's just so I can make some rearrangements to pick our third daughter, our first daughter up, who was at a friend's house. And she said, I just wanted to work around you. I said, so if you said to me, oh, I'll be back about nine, which is, again, not irrational. I should have said I'll be back about nine. Um, and she would have said, okay, no worries. I can make alternative arrangements or no, I'm going to have a slightly later night or ask you to go via. Um, I was like, okay. So I was like, so basically, everything you said is rational. Everything you've said is rational. Everything I've said is irrational. <laughs> and I'm the dickhead. So, but what I did there, and this is the exploitation of knowing and understanding, and referring back to the label object. The, the beauty of it is, and the beauty of that is, because I knew that I was, yeah, I, was, I was that way, I used my honesty... And I explained exactly what my my brain thought. I didn't I didn't bullshit about it. I didn't fucking hide it. I didn't let her talk and then go, okay, well, mine's irrelevant now. I just said, I'm going to tell you what my brain's thinking. 
because this is where my brain thought. I all of a sudden I'd planned for the next five fucking years that with this was going nowhere i'd looked at different scenarios i'd even detailed out you know to the point where i was like this is going to happen so many times you're going to end up just like you know knowing you're independent and you just want to concentrate with the girls the girls are going to have a great relationship with you because you've done everything for them and i'm the arsehole because i'm the selfish one i am because i was being irrational but that's why i gave myself that thought process so all of that had gone through my brain and i was like and she just went she broke down tears went mate i you need to you need to record what you're going to say. This is what she said to me. You need to record what you're going to say and then listen to it back and see how it sounds. And I went, but that won't work because I never listen to myself back, for starters. And second of all, I won't see it as irrational because I don't know what rational is. That's what my brain thinks. Is that where it's escalated to? All because you wanted to fucking know what time I was back on a timeline that shouldn't have been dictated by I need to be there at seven till nine. It was meant to be a relaxing occasion where I just jump in a car, I go over, I see my mate, we chew the fat, we have a game of snooker, we come back. It should have been that fluid, it should have been that flexible, it should have been that beautiful. But for me, it's it didn't go that way. For me, it was completely the opposite. It was my relationship was fucking failing. Um, my kids don't fucking love me. I'm on my fucking own. I might as well leave and I might as well go off. And I'm going to go to a different country. And I literally said that in the conversation. I was like, if you don't want this, then we'll just fucking go off. I'll just fucking crack on. She's literally like, fucking, like, friend, what, what the fuck? <laughs> That's the irrationality. However... At the end, when I listened to the rational side of things and we'd had a debate and a conversation and, and obviously there was honesty there because that's what I'm promoting. She was like, no, no, dude, you need to literally need to fucking chill out, mate. You you, you really need to chill out. She said, uh, "There's none of that's going on. And then we had a, a deeper conversation. And if you've listened to the gentleman's talk, um, you'll understand I'm going through a few things. So please jump across and listen to them. There's a few family things that are going on. And um, so it's a really key build up to listening to the gentleman's talk to understanding about this side of things as well because I've done a year of talking about other things that are going on which do tend to offer a massive insight into and I will I will digress into them and um, throughout the podcasts um, but yeah so you know she sort of said she said that to me and I sort of kind of went okay well I get what you're saying I, I get that I've now listened to the rational side and yeah that all makes complete and utter sense the problem was it was I'd I'd had I heightened emotions. I was I was angry. I didn't want to fucking talk to you rationally. I was in the world in the impression that the world was a fucking against me and um, and people were stopping me from having fun. And that's what I looked at. And I was just a bit like, no, I'm not into that. Like fucking do one. And I think that is where and, and I I hold my hand up to, um, you know, to, to, to try and manage ADHD because you do throw away an absolute fucking whirlwind of relationships and friendships and i think that that's one of the most negative aspects of uh, of the honesty side of things is because i'm honest because i've spoke to people and i've and i've explained to people about things and i and i am you know i do air my feelings quite prominently you know for me that kind of is one of the negatives is 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 that friendship value um and it sort of breaks me into what i you know what i ideally want to talk about really and it's sort of it's a it's a real big part of um um you know of adhd and and i'm learning about it and 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 it's called um rejection sensitive dysphoria 
or RSD you may have known as. And it's sort of basically, it's, it's an experience of severe emotional pain and um, failure or, or, or feeling rejected. And I suffered from this for, for years, I, for, for, for as long as I can remember. And, and I do, I suffer so severely that it's not even a joke, actually. Um, the, the, the RSD, the rejection um, sensitive dysor- dysphoria, it is so overwhelming and it takes it takes so much out of my emotions and one of the reasons why i i ideally i'm I'm happy about the having a label on it is is i get to understand why i take the negatives as well so rejection is it can come in all sorts of forms and and i've had it from friendships and this is why i drive towards pushing away people is sometimes i i get to the point now where i push people away so i don't give myself that rejection um, disorder basically what I don't want I don't want that feeling so I push people away and I try to deal with those emotions myself so I just go fucking like do one and that may come in the form of that person's upset me that person said something you know or, or whatever it may be and I maybe go like okay well I don't think you're as good a friend as you sh- you you've made out here so I'm feeling a little bit so I tend to push myself away before I get to the point of rejection and it hits me wildly when people fucking reject me um, and I don't take rejection very well um, to the point where I've had people use the rejection against me knowing I get really sensitive about it and they've used it against me. Um, I've had bosses use the rejection um, aspect against me because they use it as power um, and it's quite funny because one of the things that ADHD is you do get to understand emotions um, and for me, I can see, I can read through people and I know what they're going to do and I know how they're going to achieve it and I know what they're trying to achieve anyway. It's kind of like you had this little, like, this this sort of, like, set sixth sense, you know. You, you sort of kind of had this extra ability. It's quite weird. Um, but, yeah, so rejection. And, and, and I've... Um, one of the, the times that I've really, really felt it um, the most, I, or, or most recently... And this is where I realised it was quite bad. Um, was a, a previous a, a colleague of mine, believe it or not, has just quit, and and it's not through the rejection of of him um, quitting that upset me, because um, it was all about like yeah, move on, you know, crack on. It was also it was about the fact that I'd built a friendship. So you know, if people reject me in my little friendship, the people that I've invited me invited into my circle the reason i'm so passionate about my friends and the reason i'm i'm so um i'm so honest and sensitive about my friends is because i do care a lot about the people around me and when i pull you into my inner circle and i don't mean that in a big-headed way by any stretch of the imagination but but when i pull you into my circle my little friendship group when i genuinely want you here you're the forefront of my life you 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 really are you are my focus i want to make you happy i want to do um you know explain uh, make amazing memories sorry and do ama- amazing things uh, you know and just have general fun and i do i get really passionate about that and I, and it's rare that you get that like i said the, the one person that's managed to succeed the longest as you will all know is kieran and and he's been a friend of mine for 29 years and um you know he'll be whoever it'll be one of us will be at each other's funeral at one point, you know, and, and that's how long we're going to stay friends, right to the bitter end. And I think that's a beautiful thing. You don't get friendships like that nowadays. And I think that's because there's so much give and take. It's unbelievable. There's no, there's never any question, any doubt in our friendship. Um, 
whatever you know what's mine is his and uh, that's the way i've always looked at it and for me if i can share it you can if i can share it and you have it you have it i don't care i don't care what it costs me i made him this gift the other day. i made him this gift actually and it is a pretty fucking beautiful gift actually and um he said to me well i want the material pay for the materials for it and i was like don't be fucking stupid like literally mate it doesn't money's irrelevant i want you to have this it doesn't matter about that. You've really, really, really given to me lately in support and being there for me and talking to me and really moving us forward and actually making an active effort. I want to reward that. And that's the friendship. So when you're in that circle, when you're in that inner circle with me, it's a beautiful thing. To, it's a beautiful place to be because I love being there. And that's what makes me happy. If I'm happy, I will make sure everyone around me happy. If I'm down, I will still try and make sure everyone around me is happy. But I, I find it harder. You know, so it is kind of like, and this is where I nurture, and one of the things I talk about in the gentleman's talk is nurturing the right people around you. And I'm going to say that all the way through this because it is a really important thing to have the right people around you, the ones that want to support you. So when you do say you've got a label, they understand what your label is and they don't make, I'm not talking about making adjustments for the label. I'm not talking about, but it's recognizing and understanding. The first time I think, the first thing I did when I told my friend I had ADHD, Kieran. He went out and listened to a book and said, listen to this book. I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't listened to that book yet because I wasn't ready to dive into understanding about myself yet. It Now it's been bought and I just need to listen to it. But that's what's going to come along. I'm understanding this journey. But that's what he did as a friend. And then the, for the next couple of weeks, he was messaging me going, mate, I listened to this. Fucking it's, it's 100% you, Hunter Gatherer. You're a hunter-gatherer, mate. And he, and he started giving me all these tips. And, and now that is the friendship you want. And this is why, when I say you're in this inner circle, I get that rejection sensitivity when you leave. And like I said, the, the latest thing that happened to me was with my friend. And the, the, I was upset because the reason I'd felt the rejection side of things was because we'd spoken about, um, I, I'm, you know, and when I'm in work for eight hours a day, I want the people around me to be fun. Because I'm, I don't want to just go into work and grind through fucking work to go home. It makes me bitterly ill. So I make sure that. So and he was, he was, a, he was similar minded, um, of a military background. So we had the same sort of banter. So it worked, and we had the same ethos. We just wanted to get shit done. So I felt I could bounce off of that and just go, yes, we are going to make fucking waves. We are going to get bonuses. You know, we're going to get you know all the kudos that's going to go with this it worked well it was just a fucking fantastic team then he said he moved on i know why he moved on but the rejection was unfucking real the downside is he's you know he gave me the bitter the bitter fucking rejection as well it was a text message i'm leaving and it was it was a text message at 12 o'clock now you know this isn't sounding you know in any way shape or form you know the emotional i'm not trying to say that you know in any way but it did it, it upset me because i planned to have a good year we'd both spoken about leaving at the end of the year to get promoted and move on but we wanted a good year and i thought well it would be a positive year if i've got fucking a good colleague around me and we're just gonna have fucking fun um and i do that's if i'm spending most of my time at work i want it to be fun i don't want to go into work because work's fucking hard enough anyway i want the change i want to go in because work is fucking i as soon as i can quit the fucking better in that sense as soon as i can stop needing to work the better and i don't mean that from a lazy perspective but it's just hard work because i hate the adhd has made me really difficult to deal with people 
it makes it really difficult to not see projects through to the end because I like the completion thing. I talk about life as a big circle and we need to complete it in a positive way. I, I do that through all of my work ethos. That's really in hard, that's really hard in a in a big organization to do that. So it's really challenging. Um, and that affects me mentally anyway. So yeah, and and that's what I that's that's the bit. And what has happened is that I close down and that's what I do. I get almost like into a, a protective mode. And if you ever understand um, the rejection disorder, and have a read up on it, please, I, I really do honestly rate it, uh, understanding it, because even just by being let down, and, and it's really weird, but it, it's a double-edged sword, but even just by organising an event, and you organise everything, and then people let you down, I get that. So say, for instance, I used to get it quite badly. I'd say to my friend, um, and, and he'll probably relate to this, actually. He'll probably understand why I did it, because I can put a bit of context to it. But we used to organise, we used to sort of catch up every, it wasn't that often, because we used to work together. Um, but we used to um, organise a Friday, for instance. And he'd be like, oh, absolutely, yeah, uh, you know, we'll go out, we're going to get fucking levered, and we'll have a good time. And I thought, brilliant, you know, that's just fucking, this is the excitement, this is the um, the endorphins that I'm talking about. This is the dopamine that we're hunting for. Yes, my mate's coming around, we're going to have a fucking great time, fucking brilliant. And then he'd text me and he'd go, oh, yeah, mate, um, I'm not going to drink, mate. Um, just going to, you know, I'll just come over for an hour, I'll have one, and then play a bit of Xbox and I'll go back. And I'd instantly text him and say, no, nah, fucking sack it off, mate. I instantly take rejection from that. I'd be like, no, nah, I'm not going to do it then. If you can't drink and have a good time with me. And it wasn't about the drink. It was about the, I built the night up around having fun, getting drunk because drunk's funny, and we can talk shit and we can fall all over the place. It's hilarious. That's what I'd built it up to be. So that's my dopamine high. However, he'd taken that away and gone, I'm just going to come over for a couple of hours. And I used to punish that by so he'd organise a night to his and I'd come over. And I did. There was one occasion where he'd done it to me. But and this is how childish you can be and how negative to ADHD can be. But he'd, a couple of weeks before, he said, you know, he'd come over for a pint. And he said, he said, no, nah, I didn't bother. So we ended up staying at home and going on the Xbox. And, and you know, I didn't understand the relevance to it, to be honest. And then he would he organized one a few weeks later and i went over to his and i came for his house and he went all right mate he said what were you having and i i had a beer with me he said oh is that, what are you having there mate and i just have a beer and he'd be like oh just just a beer mate but like, oh you're not you're not staying then like, no 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 mate missus is picking me up he'd be like oh all right mate you can stay if you want i'm like no and that's what i did i punished him for me so because he did that i was like fuck you because I'd felt that rejection. I'd felt rejected. And, that, and although that, that wasn't rejection in any way, shape, or form, it, it isn't. But that's, that's, how, that's how sensitive you can get, is if you organise something. And that's on the back of what I was talking about there at work. I'd planned my year ahead with my colleague. So I felt rejected because I was like, right, OK, I really don't know where I sit now because I'd planned my year and I'd planned and I'd had, I knew it was going to be easy sailing. I've now got to the point where I've shut down. And if you speak to my new colleague, um, Mandy, and um, she'll tell you that she's seen a significant change in me since he quit. We spoke about it last week. She was like, James, you've just crashed, mate. You've really isolated yourself. And I go, yeah, I've just gone into protection mode because I feel like, have I done something? Have, have I made him quit? Has he moved away because of me? Why has he wanted to move away? Have I, am I that bad that he doesn't want to work with me? And that's where the fucking brain goes. It's wild as fuck. I'm telling you now. 
and I and I get that with all of my friends. If they reject something or something doesn't go to plan or it isn't planned in some sort of way to be as my expectations want to meet from that planning, I get really bad. I get really rejected from it. And that's why when when people don't text me, I get or I text them and they don't text back. I get really really upset. And I'm going to give you sort of like in terms of um, and only because he's going to listen to this because this is because um, I've sorted this, this out for him. But so I've got a really good fucking friend of mine um, called Nelly. You'll, again, you'll hear about my friends as, we, as I talk through because I love talking about my friends. Um, and I've got this friend called Nelly and um, he's a really good friend of mine. He's new to my friendship group, if you like, because, you know, we sort of I think we've only been chatting about two, two years or so now. Um, but we knew each other priorly anyway. But I won't I'll, I won't get into the, the, the real details as of yet. Anyway. I put the premium podcast up on on here, so I was like, okay, then, well, you know, sort of kind of see what happens, but hopefully my friends will support me a little bit and just sort of jump on and have a listen, um, et cetera, et cetera. That's where my brain goes anyway. So nothing happened, and then I uploaded a podcast the other day. Um, I did the Dopamine Hunter version uh, part one. I did Dopamine Hunter part two, and part two, there was a big problem. I, I've still got it, but I don't know what to do. I basically, I, I screwed up on Adobe Auditions. I stopped the recording at, at uh, two separate intervals, which created three sessions in total, and I don't know how to squeeze those three sessions into one, so I tried for fucking ever. In the end, I exported it, and it exported, and I thought, brilliant, it's fucking, it's worked. I thought it had worked. Anyway, so I uploaded it, and this was like about a week and a half ago, but because nobody's listened to it, nobody, I've not had the feedback about there being a problem, so my mate instantly texted me this morning, and this is where I'm going to talk about rejection, where my mind went to, and I'm going to read the first two text messages. His one, and my one. And then I'm going to read a couple down. The reason I'm going to read you this is because I'm going to offer you a context into how my brain works and how differently it is to other people's brains. So noting that nobody had listened to my podcast, so I've already taken a bit of rejection. I've got three close friends of mine that that I wanted to at least follow me because I've put 126 hours in uh, sorry 167 hours into the other podcast i was like maybe they'll come along and support this journey just to because i thought i you know it was one of those things that's where my brain my brain went and eventually they may do i don't know what the circumstances are but anyway my mate neil um as or nelly his name's neil but we'll call him nelster because i call him nelly Nel- nelster you'll hear lots of little acronyms and names for him um beautiful twat is another one so I uploaded it, and because no one's listened to it, I didn't know there was a problem. But I know I had background problems trying to get it uploaded before I break into this story. So eventually he texted me this morning, and I was uh, out getting mother in his Mother's Day stuff. So his message is, bearing in mind he's gone to listen, he's listened to episode one, part one, because it was there and it was working, I know it was. He's listened now to part two. So he's paid for the Podbeans so to, to log in to be a now a premium member. So he's now a continuous premium member. Nine ninety nine. I think it's yeah, I think it's acceptable. Um so he said, So I threw you some and bear in mind we we just we we down south we he's you know, he's he's a proper G. Um so I threw you some beans and there is absolutely no sound, bro. So that's the first indication. Shit, there is a problem with the upload. Oh fucking hell. Okay. Um which I kind of thought there was, 
but I, because I didn't listen back, I, I don't listen to my podcast back. I was just kind of whenever I've had problems in the past, people have gone to me, mate, this has happened, or James, this fucking sound at the end of it does this. I'm like, oh, is it? Because I don't edit. I don't. I don't want to listen. I just want to talk and and record and have fun, um, which is, sounds really fucking lazy, but it's not. It's kind of like this is a fun aspect. If I wanted to sit there and make a profession out of it, I'd be sat there editing and all this jazz. So I don't. I just rely on raw and edited. This is me talking into a mic in my fucking place, man. You know. Anyway, so the first bit I got, I was like, fuck, okay then. So there is a problem. Kind of thought there would be. Kind of thought I sorted it. Didn't. Didn't do my proper checks. Okay, move on. Then he put down, episode two is silent. Okay, that's a new one. So why is it silent? But I know it played. Maybe there's something to do with the recording because I've exported three sessions. It didn't come across as one session. So it's blank. But it was the right time. This is the bit that got me. And this is the bit that my brain went fucking completely the opposite way. Enjoy my 10 spot. Okay, so for me, the rest of it was was positive feedback. That little bit at the end made it feel like, okay, mate, you've this is where my brain instantly went. You've done 167 fucking hours. I've listened to all of them. Uh, this is the first one that's fucked up. Um, yeah, take my fucking tenner, you prick. Basically, that's how my brain read it. So I text it, and that's not how it was intended, and that will come apparent in a minute. So I put, I'll copy your 10 back, mate, um, and get hold of Podbean and ask him what's going on. Chuck me your details, mate. Nothing at all. He put a little kiss at the end. I didn't, because I was like, fucking hell, mate. All right, I made a fuck up. Give me a break sort of thing, you know? And he put, why chuck it back? I said, until I sort it. Did episode one play okay? Thinking, is it something wrong with the, um, you know, the actual channel? And he went, it's safe. It was my way of supporting what you do and listening to one episode. And I listened to the one episode for free. So I'm going to stop there. So that was his way of supporting me. He's like, no, but it came across. My brain read that as fucking you fucked up. You take my tenor and I've got fucking nothing for it. Irrelevant of the 167 hours and life. You know, all this stuff I put into it. That's where my brain went. Really negative, really negative. And I was like, OK, um, so then when he come back and I went to listen to it and I listened to the podcast and, and rightly so, it was silent. Episode part one was full, fully, fully ready to go. Beat on, ready to go. The reason it was free for him, the first ones, because you offer the first one a free for like five days. They recommend just to hook people in. Love it. Love a good hook. Um, he pulled in, loved it. And then, you know, which is generous. And he's purchased the subscription which is amazing so i fucked up absolutely mine and i read that wrong so and then i went to listen and then so i spent an hour and a half on um on fucking thingy to uh, adobe to say what the fuck's going on and the guy just basically cut the line off of me he's like you're not fucking listening you're fucking stupid so i've got to work out how to do that and that prompted me then into breaking into a podcast about this so i'm going to kind of go about the rejection but the rejection sensitive dysphoria is going to feed massively into dopamine hunting they all do they all absolutely do because just looking how i read things and this is why it's so fucking important and i mean this out there for anybody listening to this be really really conscious of how you text this is why i send voice notes because if I send a voice note in a video, I can't fuck up because you get the tone of my voice. You get everything in my voice. You get if, if it's a video message, you see my face. You can see I'm happy and smiling. What occasion I'm in. You can see if I'm fucked off. You can hear if I'm fucked off in a voice note or a voice call. Text messages and emails are motherfucking wankers to people with mental health problems. They are mental health nightmares. It's a fucking minefield. 
literally like it's like playing that game that you used to get on the fucking computers um mine is it mine something mine hunter or something whatever it was and you used to have to press all the squares went out and they had ones and twos and threes i never understood the game because i was too fucking stupid when i was young but i never understood what i had to do i don't know whether it was like if a two meant there was a mine somewhere in those two clips or whatever nine times that day if you know what i'm talking about the first one you would have pressed nothing the second one you would have blown the fucking page up and it continues on and on and on so it's like that with emails and text messages with somebody with mental health i can read your text message and this is why i really really so it's right down to the fact that um with the ocd or you know the adhd sorry and and the the detail the finer detail in life i i sent messages and I can look back at when you've not listened to my message, and I swipe across and go, yeah, he's, he's seen it, but he's not listened to it. You don't give a fuck. That's how bad I get. So you need to be conscious about how much input you put into me, because I put in the world. And it's you've got to be really conscious about how you text message people, because they can be perceived as being wrong. And I'm the type of person that will go from zero to fucking hero, and I will go, fuck you, get out my life, motherfucker. There you go. <laughs> My stomach just went like a, like a little ribbit confirming. So there you go. And that's kind of rejection-sensitive dysphoria, really. Um, not, I mean, it's a broad overview. Um, it's not really much detail into it, but what I'm saying to you is, for me, it's, it's kind of like a really, really important part because it, it feeds so much negativity um, if you let it. If you let it, it's unbelievable. Um, and for me, it's managing that. That's This is the bit that I'm going to talk about, is how to manage it. Because when you when you get that, it's like it, it falls hand in hand. You can get it as a, an actual disorder. Um, but it falls hand in hand with ADHD because it just makes you harder to focus, it, it to pay attention, or even just to sit still. And it does. Whenever you've been rejected, it, it can happen in just the smallest of details even if i just say goodbye to my daughter and she doesn't say goodbye to me back that's the rejection to me that will make it harder for me i'll fixate on that if someone sends me a text message like that like my mate nelly sent me a text message that fixated on me to the point where i got angry i went fuck you and then i spent an hour and a half talking to a dope couldn't get it sorted and then i was like fucking hell and then i came out here to try and sort it couldn't sort it so but i ended up just getting angry and stressed about it so in the end, I was like, well, it wasn't really a massive deal, but it's affected me. And that's the the piece, the little piece that we need to look out for. Um, I will dive into it because there is ways of managing it. And f for me, that's a, the, I will, I'll dive into it to the next one. I, I'm probably going to do Dopamine Hunter 2 because that's a really important part. And, and I want to finish that bit a little bit. And then I'll talk into it because I want to break in because there is some understanding around it. And for me, it's, it is just little things like, um looking out for the signs and and how you manage your little friendship group and if you know someone that has got an ailment like that and just suffers from adhd suffers from rsd then for me it's about understanding them because you know they can't they're people like you know i can get easily i don't get it massively but they can get very angry and emotional which i do um and it almost like rejection to them feels like pure pain to me it does anyway they also set high standards for themselves and which i can never meet that's another symptom and, and i never meet them low self-esteem absolutely have horrendous low self-esteem i have no 
I, I was out with my uh, friend of mine, um, Brandy Mendez. His name's Andy Mendez. Um, but we call him Brandy Mendez because he loves a good brandy. I was out with him and and I, we were sat there talking away. And um, I said, he said, oh, you you haven't got. He, they were talking about low self esteem, and I was like, fucking hell, yeah, I've got low self esteem. I've got. I really have a. Con- I'm really body conscious. And like he turned to me and he went, fuck off. And I was like, no, seriously, I do. Really bad, really bad. I said, I'll, I'll sit, I'll put a pillow over my stomach, I'll put jackets over my stomach, even on a train in public where I'll never speak, see people, I'll try and cover myself up. I grew a beard because I love beards anyway, but I think they're amazing. Um, but also to hide my double chins, you know, I'm, I, I'm really self, I wear particular baggy stuff, so I don't feel that. So I've got really low, low self-esteem. But there's other symptoms that fall into RSD that I want to talk about, such as, you know, like feeling anxious. Um, and they step away from social situations and withdraw from other people, which I do a lot. And this is all like so important. I think it's mo- mainly important to, uh, to raise awareness because you may have a friend such as me that will explain these situations and explain how, wh- how and why these things happen. Because there is a reason. It's not just me being an arsehole. So... Yeah, I broke into that there just to give you a little broad overview of how it can affect you, how, and that's real life stuff, but I want to break into, I'm going to understand and learn the signs and symptoms and um, give you a little bit more details on it because there is, it is really, really important. So listen out for the next podcast and I really do look forward to talking to you. I hope you're okay. I hope you're keeping positive as you can. Take every day as you can, okay? You know, if there's a day where you're not feeling quite right, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Okay, you deserve it. You're not a fucking machine. You're not a robot. Take the time you need for yourself. Listen to your body and mind. Understand your body and mind as well when when things need to be listened to. It's really, really important that we do this as we learn, as we grow on this journey. Thank you very much. And thank you as well. Special thank you. Um, at the end of the podcast, I need to say thank you because all of that was a, a little bit about Nelly. But you, as you hear about Nelly... Uh, you'll hear about my friends and family, um, but he is my number one fan. He has been there from day dot. He is the first one, my first subscriber. He was my first listener on my YouTube, my first watcher on my YouTube videos when I did them uh, uh, two years ago. He was my first listener on my my Podbean and is actively listening every single fucking week. And he's and he's listened to all of my podcasts over again, and now he's just subscribe to my premium content not only is that a true friend uh not only is that a um an inspiration um but it's also commitment and it's also uh very valuable to me um to to know that i've got people like him around me people like kieran um people like um you know my dad my brother my sister billy um, and new, new people coming in out of my life that are supporting me on this journey because as I'm talking about my mental health I'm really finding similar people with similar traits similar ailments that love the support that I'm offering and also um, offering me their advice which is really great um, so it's, it's positive aspects all around really so but just a special thank you to Nelly for being my first subscriber and being my number one fan uh, I really appreciate you and um, if anybody out there um, you know as you listen to my journey you'll realize the importance of friendship and having the right people around you um, is so so key so thank you for listening take care of yourself and look out for the next podcast very very soon